What is up, Fight Fans? Welcome back to another episode of the MMA Anomaly Show, No Filter. I am your host, Olin, a.k.a. MMA Anomaly. And with me, as always, is my co-host, Jive Turkey Nano. Some call him live, Jive. What's up, my guy? How we doing? My man, we are living the Jive live, baby. We are doing great. It's uh, UFC Fight Night Nashville. Got my Motley Crue shirt on. You know, city of music, city of violence. And we feel it Motley today, baby. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. I had to I had to rep the pride shirt today. You Ooh, know, um, flex feeling, that thing. Let's go. Feeling froggy, ready to leap, as they say. Um, and Sheesh. man, we have we have a hell of a fight card. It's a sneaky good fight card to break down for you guys in UFC Nashville. Um, honestly, I think it's gonna be one of the better cards uh that we've seen in in recent months. Again, sneaky, sneaky good fights on here. We are here to break a lot of them down. We are bringing back bet versus bet for some fun times. Um Nano being a little bit more conservative compared to me. I'm, I'm going a little bit all in here, folks. I've got some bets that are rolling over from last week, even with the Errol Spence fight versus Bud Crawford. Shout out, Bud. We are up 160 units, folks. Um, oh, feels good. Playing with a little bit of house money. I think. Playing <laughs> with a little bit of house money. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking it slow. I'm taking it easy. I got to earn my stripes a little bit. I'm in, I'm in the negative, but we getting positive. We you getting gotta back. You got to build baby. it up. <laughs> you got to get back up there, baby. Come on. One step at a time. So we're building it up. We're getting ready to go. Um, and we're also going to break down a little bit of Jake Paul versus Nate Diaz. Um, I don't know. I... Uh, Betting with my emotions again. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, a lot to unpack there. I don't know if we want to start there or not, but honestly, uh, fun press conference today. F- fun back and forth. Good seeing Nate going his little uh, media tour. Uh, it's been a fun one. I'm excited for that fight. I can't believe it's already here. And yeah, and yeah. a fun fight night as well. Sneaky, some good fights, some good uh, ramifications, good co-main event. Just to uh, go on top of the main event there, which is a little bit last minute. Obviously, not what we were originally hyped up to see. Uh, right, right. But it is going to be, it's turning out to be a better uh, viewing for us fans. The casuals, for us fight fans, it's going to be a good show. And so I'm excited. Honestly, I think I think it's more of a dog fight than Umero Nurmagomedov would have been against the uh, original oh, yeah. Corey Sanhagen matchup there. I think Umero would have probably went out there and did the Dagestani thing, uh, wrestled him like strong like bear. Um, but, you know, I, like you said, the degenerate in me is actually much happier with the Rob Font versus Corey Sanhagen fight. You got 20 and six coming in against 16 and four. Both guys like doing things a lot more with their hands, uh, shoulders, knees and toes, knees and toes. Um, rather than wrestling, you know, all of us DJs are here to see it. And a lot of us are probably going to be betting on it. There's a lot of, um, cases this week where I truly feel maybe just maybe, uh, Vegas got some things wrong, folks. Uh, I'm Ooh. not sure how you feel about that. No, no, it's but, close, um, man. Yeah, it's close. It's another, uh, week of close pickums, you know, last week coming off the pay-per-view, there are some strong competitive fights. You could have made a case either way with a couple lopsided ones. And you're going to see that here this week as well. But yeah, man, I say a lot of pickums and for a good reason. But hey, you know, we like our underdogs on this show. So we might be talking about some, some of them. Absolutely. Uh, but as you said, I think maybe it'd be best if we start off with the boxing, right? Because this is, after all, the MMA anomaly show, No Filter, where we mostly talk MMA. So we might as well go ahead and get this boxing shit out of the way early, folks. Let's um, go. So we're going to go ahead and jump right into it. 
the boxing lines are are, are pretty, uh, you know, appropriate, I think. Nate Diaz being a plus 280-point underdog here. Jake Paul being the minus 390 favorite. Um, if I'm being honest here, folks, this fight card overall, pretty watered down. Not a ton of, like, super crazy names on this. Uh, but the co-main event is going to be pretty solid. Um, there's also the fight with, uh, what's his name? Chris Avila coming in against Jeremy Little Heathen Stevens. There's no odds on that fight, though. Can't find odds anywhere for it. A um, mm, little six-rounder? Super yeah, middleweight? A little, little, little odd fight. Uh, okay, odd okay, man, that's odd fun. man out, but it's going to be a Jeremy fun fight. Jeremy Stevens, yeah, he's fun. He's a dog. He always brings it. Jeremy Stevens coming in against Nate Diaz as uh, one of his training partners in, in Avila. Oh, is that I think. who he's fighting? Chris Avila? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah oh, it's going to be a fun okay. fight. It's going to be a really yeah. fun fight. Um and I think Jeremy Stevens, uh, he said recently that he's basically rediscovered and reignited his love for combat sports in, in going to bare knuckle and boxing. So, you know, good good on him. Good good for him. He was in kind of a skid when it comes to mixed martial arts. And now he's on the come up, right? And uh, I, I'm excited for it. He had a hell of a fight recently, and I, I think it's only going to get better for him from here. So... Looking, let's see, how insane is that Rob Font stat? What Rob Font stat? You got to put it up in the chat. You can't open that box of worms. What are you doing here, Blackado? <laughs> <laughs> Great to see you, brother. But yeah, talk to me but now. Super had to see you, man. Uh, yeah, talk talk to me, Goose. Let's let's see what you're talking about here. Um, we were just talking about some of these fights on the, uh, the Paul versus Diaz fight before we jump into the deep end here with the UFC fight night coming up again. The biggest fight other than Jake Paul versus Nate Diaz on this card is definitely Amanda Serrano coming in against Heather Hardy. And that's a plus 1,000 point underdog coming in against a, a minus 2,000 favorite. I think I might just throw a, throw a small amount on that that dog just for funsies, you know? I mean, for shits and gigs, definitely worth hey, it. That is some odds, brother. Heather the Heat Hardy has had an MMA career. I, she didn't do fantastic in MMA, but she looked well enough. She got her nose basically kicked off of her face and she still continued fighting. Um, at the very least, maybe maybe throw some money on that one going the distance, folks. Wow, yeah. And she's the underdog? Heather Hardy is, or, or is she yeah. the favorite here? No, okay. no, no. She's definitely the underdog. She's coming in against Amanda Serrano, who is being managed by Jake Paul. Uh, okay, she's that's a hell who, yeah. of a fighter. She actually... The, the best fighter that you know her from fighting against is uh, Katie Taylor, in which mm. Katie Taylor won. Me and Mary actually watched that fight in the living room together. And really? Mary literally was like, yelling at the end of that fight whenever they were going over the judges scorecards she yelled at one point this is why i fucking hate boxing um politics i thought amanda serrano fucking won the fight folks ian if you're watching sorry bud <laughs> um, <laughs> don't that's at me that's sometimes that's just the way the cookie crumbles folks uh no but but with all due respect i just i truly feel like amanda serrano is a a very very skilled boxer i do think she gets it done against heather the heat hardy this will probably be a retirement fight for Heather Hardy as well. Um, you got to think she's coming at the end of her career here. Yeah, think so. Um, and and a great one at that. Like you said, she's got some MMA wins. She's got some boxing wins. She also has her Instagram. She's not just an MMA and boxer. She's a mom. So shout out there. She's winning all over. Uh, but yeah, Amanda Serrano. I mean, obviously the more talented, more well-rounded boxer here. And interesting, yeah, I wonder if this is going to be her last fight as well. She, Amanda Serrano also signs with PFL, so I wonder if she's going to be playing in that MMA return. Is that what you're thinking? I guess we can see that. 
Uh, she just signed with PFL for sure, so she's definitely going to be making a comeback into the PFL at the very mm. least. Uh, if PFL doesn't bring her into the MMA realm, maybe they put on like a boxing spectacle fight on one of their pay-per-view shows. I wouldn't be mad at it. Um, I wouldn't be mad at it at all. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening to just the audio version and you heard a very weird sound, that's Nano being a wine connoisseur. My apologies. No, no, no. Don't apologize. It's, a, it's, it's great for the <laughs> ASMR listeners. <laughs> These mics are good, man. They catch them all. But yes, that is a little bit of wine sippage there. I thought it was getting a little dry I'm in the desert. <laughs> you love to see it, brother. Um, so moving forward into the boxing here, we have Jake Paul versus Nate Diaz, folks. Um, I'll let you take the lead on this one because this is going to be something where I feel like I lead with my emotions a little bit. Um, what are your What are your thoughts, comments, and concerns here, Nano? Hey man, any any boxing fight, any fight with Nate, my boy, that I have a post of here in the background, my 209 representative. Uh, this is gonna be a fun one. I mean, obviously Nate Diaz is on the latter half of his career, and obviously Lee uh, Jake Paul has been the boogeyman for older retired MMA fighters. <laughs> this guy uh, Jake, man, at 26 years old, one of my takeaways was that honestly, aside from the boxing skills that Jake's gonna bring and that he's gonna continue to be building upon since his last fight. When you just look at him, man, he looks strong. He looks like he's in really good shape. You know he's taking it serious. But he's going up against a dog, one of the ultimate fighters, man. Nate Diaz, someone who has always said his entire fighting career that he's a boxer. I mean, that's how he trains. You look at where he comes out in Stockton. That's a a heavy boxing uh, um, community there. And again, I mean, you know, styles make fights. Yeah, someone like Anderson Silva, I think at at this age, uh, just wasn't uh, posing enough threats, and and unfortunately, like Father Time, you know, stays undefeated. Anderson unfortunately was fading in that fight, and that tends to be what happens to a lot of these opponents that Jake has fought so far. Except a Tyson Fury, who was able to go the full distance, gave him trouble throughout. I think Nate's going to be similar here. I think Jake uh, Jake's. Not to keep going back and forth, but Jake's best path is to finish Nate early. But can Nate be finished at all? That's really the question. I mean, this guy has an iron chin. He's a boxing. He's been boxing and fighting his whole life in the streets of Stockton, uh, in the ring, in the UFC. But I do think all of those years uh, will compile to having good um, defensing, knowing how to shell your punches, knowing how to roll. I think Nate's mentioned that before. Like he's, it's not like he's ever really even been. Um, dazed or wobbly or it's not like he's someone that necessarily gets dry i mean i guess kind of drop or it's like a flash knockout more so than anything um but he knows how to absorb punches he knows how to roll he knows how to defend and i think over time i mean it's gonna be an eight eight round fight here um but i do think towards the end of it he's gonna start slapping him around a little bit and in his glove maybe you'll see the fist but you know he'll be trying to flip him off and i think they can maybe take the ladder you know, five rounds and end up winning uh, in a decision here against our guy, Jake Paul. I think Nate by decision. I actually love that prediction. I think, um, you know, what's funny is Nate, Nate, I feel like is almost trolling him right in the, in the kind of face to face thing. He was saying that he, he said numerous times, like, can we renegotiate? Can we make it a two round fight? Um, which I thought was funny. I feel like he's literally like trolling him, right? He's making him Absolutely. think like, Oh yeah, I'm going to get tired, blah, blah, blah. And that's going to make Jake want to go even harder in those first two rounds. Because I feel like, with all due respect, Jake Paul is most dangerous in the first five to seven minutes of this fight. Um, And that means in the first one and a half to 
two and a half rounds, right? After that, he completely loses steam. He deflates that balloon. He has looked consecutively and consistently better every single fight out. But that being said, folks, I just don't think that he's going to have enough for Nate Diaz. Um, a lot of folks online saying Nate Diaz seems punch drunk, this, that, and the other. These guys are obviously uh, either new to the sport of boxing, new to the sport of MMA, or just Jake Paul fans because that's just been the case for Nate Diaz, I think, for his whole fucking life. If you've ever seen interviews of him, even when he was like 16, just starting jujitsu and stuff, he still talked like that. It's just how he talks. Um, and one of the funniest and coolest things is he's got Mr. Ernie Reyes Jr. in his corner, folks. For those of you that don't know who that is, that's the 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 little homie that was fighting alongside the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles all the way back in fucking 1991 in the live-action Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, Part 2 movie. And he's also the leader of the pack that goes against The Rock and Sean William Scott in the rundown. Um, the little guys that are super fast and strong. He's a karate legend from the Bay Area. He's an absolute beast. And he also got into a brawl today on stage whenever it was security team versus security team. Um, I'm super excited about the fight. I probably shouldn't be, but, you know, here we are. I think Nate takes it inside of the distance, uh, or rather across the distance. I think the longer the fight goes on, the more he's going to compromise Jake Paul. And I also think that he's not going to knock Jake Paul out so much as he's going to make him quit. Once he goes to the body, it's just going to be bad. He doesn't throw these crazy overhands. He's more like just whipping them out and slapping you. And yeah. let me tell you, like, if I were to ask you, like, hey, um, if a bee stings you, would that be like the worst thing in the world? You'd say no, right? Like, yeah, not the worst. There's, There's been worse things that happen. Like, if I asked you, hey, if you had a bee sting you, one time, or me hit you with my strongest overhand, which would you prefer? Be safe. Oof. Yeah. Right? I mean, yeah. It's pretty, okay. <laughs> pretty, pretty easy choice, I think. I mean, if yeah, not, it's like, pretty oof, fucking I mean, insulting to me, pretty, bro. Like, pretty, um, yeah, it's like, ooh, it's a like, tough one there. I mean, yeah, uh, definitely the BC. <laughs> and, and now let me say, like, would you rather me hit you with my strongest overhand five times or you get stung a thousand times by a bee? Well, that's where, yeah, I mean, the thousand cuts, right? Death by a thousand cuts, that's... That's a goddamn lot of beast things. A lot of, a lot of venom. It's a lot of venom. I might have to eat those shots and, and roll the dice. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, at least with the five shots, like, after I hit you twice, if you go out, I'm going to stop hitting you. <laughs> <laughs> True. The, or the, yeah, the doctor will stop or the but, rep but will come beast in. things, bro, like, you're probably yeah. just going to quit, bro, like. That and that's, that's it gives what's you that happen. false yeah it gives you that false sense of security that false hope thinking I'm still in it or hey these these shots aren't hurting me but as you get more tired and as you've seen with like even against the Leon Edwards the current champion in the UFC right now you get a little tired you get a little winded and those bee stings feel like uh you know stingray stings all of a sudden <laughs> they do. They do, man. Uh, and Black Otto here with a, a, a good point. just a sound point in the comment section here. Nate having trained with Andre Ward in the past even helped him prepare for Chad Dawson. I believe with that being said, when you have Ward's respect inside the ring, that says something. I completely agree, Otto. I think that Andre Ward is arguably one of the greatest of all time. Um, Facts. Somebody that did things on his terms, retired at the right time, didn't go past his prime, Um knew when the milk carton was about to expire, so to speak, and, and stepped outside the ring when he should. Smart man, great career, and uh, very polished eyes as well. Like, he, he has the ability. I 
I feel like one of Andre Ward's best attributes was his fight IQ and will always be his fight IQ. That being said, that's something that's transferable inside and outside of the ring and octagon, right? So if he sees something in somebody that especially he's trained with, not only something that he sees on TV of someone in the octagon or someone even sitting cage side of you that you see in an octagon, it's very different when you train with someone. You see a lot of different nuances. You notice a lot of different things. So that being said, just like you said, Hato, if, if he's earned Ward's respect and has, has trained with him, gone rounds with him, I mean, again... Jake Paul should definitely pack a lunch, folks. It's going to be a long night. Sheesh. And Nate will be there. He ain't going nowhere. He's not. Not going to fade, man. He's a triathlon. This guy, yeah, has that boxing pedigree. Andre Ward, stamp of approval. I mean, come on. Come on. Take those odds, y'all. I'm telling you. Take those odds, folks. Uh, and with that being said, we are back. We are back to being an MMA podcast. Oof. We are going to jump right into UFC Nashville, folks. And uh, Again, sneaky good card sneaky sneaky good card how do i agree with you nate has a very sneaky and long left cross he also he is going to go to the body he's going to just oh man he's going to pound that beef uh he's going to make it look like a fucking rocky movie in there and i'm excited about it folks Ooh, um, yes that being said folks ode osborne is going to start off this card ode osborne shout out we saw him at international fight week he was dope um we we did the chant for him ode 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 um He's coming nice. in against Asu Almabaev. Dude has a very, very impressive resume as far as you know what he's able to do inside of the cage. Um, Zulfikar is his nickname. He is 17 and 2, has three KOs slash TKOs, eight submissions, and six decisions. He has only two defeats, one by way of TKO, one by way of decision. And uh, though he hasn't fought anybody with a huge name or, or anybody outside of like as big of a promotion other than like brave FC, which nothing against brave or sorry, brave CF, uh, but nothing against brave. Like they're just, you know, more of a regional fight scene. So he's stepping up quite a bit here and going against Ode Osborne. Don't know what the hell Vegas is thinking by giving Ode Osborne the plus dog odds, but I'll take him. I appreciate it. Uh, Nana, what are your thoughts on this fight, brother? I love that. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree with you. Curious why they're giving him the plus odds. Oh, day, oh, day, oh, day, oh, day, oh, day, oh, lay, oh, lay. So many ways you go with that. Uh, but yeah, man, the Jamaican sensation, I just think he's he's talented. He's been here in the UFC. He's got the uh, the acumen, you know, a couple of years older, not as busy as Asu looks to be here. Again, he's, you know, three years younger, Asu, and 17 and two. Uh, with a lot of submissions there, uh, also a lot of decision wins. But yeah, like you said, just not the, and not to knock any other um, fighting organizations, but you know, hey, if you're not fighting the UFC, if you don't have any stripes at all, I got to see it, right? right? Don't just come in here and say you're a black belt. Let me, let me roll with you a little bit. Let me get my hands on you. Let me see what, we're, what we got. Um, and I think O'Day is going to uh, give him a little bit of that well, warm welcoming to the UFC here. Um, Sheer Dog also has Asu uh, set up as a flyweight, you know, being a 125er. So is he going to, you know, is he bulking up here? Is he usually a smaller guy? Is he a tweener? All of which don't favor him at all. So I'm He's already a small flyweight if you've seen any tape on him. He looks small against the other flyweights. So like, I think Ode is going to dwarf him, bro, because Ode is big for the weight class yeah. he's in. Yeah, and he's got three inches on him. He's going to, well, I wish I could see his reach, but I'm going to assume he's going to have at least an inch or two on of uh, reach advantage here as well. O'Day, 
we're going to take those odds, man. I mean, I don't know if it's just us chasing the underdogs or just that he gave off that good vibe in uh, IFW, International Fight Week, but definitely leaning O'Day here. Yeah, I think O'Day gets it done here, folks. Um, I, I think that's a, a fairly safe bet, if I'm being completely honest here. Sean Woodson versus Dennis Bazookia. Uh, not going to go over this fight, folks. This is the third opponent that Sean Woodson has accepted. God help him. I, I feel bad for Dennis Bazookia. Bazookia. I feel like uh, Sean's probably got some pinned-up aggression he's going to let loose on this son. Uh, and again, God help him. Sean Woodson is a very weird fighter. He's got a weird build, a weird fight style, and just his from weird angles. Um, very well-rounded as they come, and looking forward to this fight. I don't know if you have anything to add for that one. Oh, good analysis right there, brother. I'm excited to see it. It should be a fun one. Absolutely. Jumping right into the next one, we got another flyweight bout here coming from Cody Durden, coming in against Jake Hadley. Jake Hadley, a fairly heavy favorite in this one. It has moved, though. The line has moved like a pretty decent amount of points here um, across the last few days. More in favor of Jake Hadley. I, I, I'm I, not mad at it, but I also don't really understand why the line is moving that much in his favor. Um, White Kong, Jake Hadley is 10-1, and one, so obviously he's very, very well-rounded, well-established, only has one loss. That one loss is uh, to Alan Nascimento, in the UFC. After that, he pulled off two back-to-back wins. He got a win over Carlos Candelario by triangle choke, and then a TKO win over Malcolm Gordon. Um, I mean, realistically, Cody Durden has only lost to Jimmy Flick and Muhammad Mikhaev. <laughs> I mean, um, not, not bad names to lose to. Yeah, not bad blemishes on the, on the record. Win streak, and he, like, yeah. he beat JP Bice fairly easily in a minute and eight seconds with a TKO win. Um, Carlos Mota, who's a beast, he beat across the distance in three rounds, a unanimous decision. I didn't think it was that close at all. And then Charles Johnson, he pretty much just big brothered for 15 minutes. So I, again, I, I feel like maybe Cody Durden is a solid dog to take in this race. I mean, the odds are definitely shifting that way, right? Um, yeah, it does feel, and I don't want to fall for the trap. It, a part of me feels like, you know, that I might be a little bit of a trap here. I mean, um, yeah, Cody Durden being a little bit more of uh, a familiar name to me, someone I, I've seen around the block, obviously being 32 years old, just a little bit on the, uh, well, just more experience in the octagon here, being around the block. Uh, but Jake Hadley, man, I mean, I'll, I'll tell you, 10-1 record, 26 years old. I tend to like the younger guys in these fights, especially when it is or feels like a bit of a toss-up. Um, so I'm, I'm going to lead Hadley. He's, he's coming in with a lot of momentum, stacked up a lot of wins here. I uh, think we might have to be doing a shot unless unless I'm mistaken. I don't know. It sounds like you're leaning Cody here. I'm definitely leaning Cody here. I think Sheesh. Cody gets it done. Um, I'm I've, I'm hedging my bets when we come to the bet versus bet portion, but I'm leaning more towards the dog bet hitting, if I'm being completely honest. You know, I always throw a little a little Vegas favorites bet in there if I can, but I, uh, I had to throw a couple dogs in here, some heavy dogs, and I'll be damned if I don't think the dogs have more chance to hit. There's a reason Cody Durden has a number next to his face and next to his name if you look him up on UFC.com and Jake Hadley does it, folks. Oh, I mean, that speaks volume. One's got a 13 and one's got a nothing. So let's see if after the weekend uh, they swap places, but I highly doubt that's going to be the the case, folks. Um, Moving into the next fight here, we got Jeremiah Wells uh, coming in against Carlston Harris. Um, We're going to skip over this fight, folks. Be completely honest, it, it's essentially a pick'em. Minus 165 on one side, plus 140 on the other. The U.S. coming in against Brazil. Um, 
I, I just, I truly think that, uh, actually, no, sorry, the U.S. coming in against Guyana. Don't want to mess that up. Um, nope. Man, almost made a mistake there. But yeah, fairly <laughs> similar records. I feel like very different fight styles, but at the same time, I don't know enough about the man from Guyana, Carlston Harris, to really make a fair assessment. I do know Jeremiah Wells is built like a uh, ship, a, a brick shithouse. <laughs> and um, I, I do think that he probably gets it done if I had to be a batting man on this one. But again, I'm staying away from this one on my uh, on my card. Do you have anything to add for that one, Nano? No, but I, I mean, I think I would agree there. Um, I mean, this guy, Carlston, all I can kind of see here just off a quick synopsis. I mean, he's been in the ring with Shavka Rachmanov. They get knocked out pretty quick. Um, but outside of that, you know, yeah, Jeremiah Wells, a little bit more of the stockier. Um, and, and, and yeah, again, this feels like a toss up, right? Uh, maybe I'll lean Jeremiah Wells here, but again, we don't need to dive too deep into it. Absolutely. Uh, we can go ahead and skip past that one then and move right on into the next one. We got Kyler Phillips coming in against Howney Barcelos. I'm actually pretty hyped on this fight. Um, Kyler Matrix Phillips is somebody that has a very, very interesting skill set. I feel like he is very unique and very well-rounded. That is for damn sure. But at the same time, he's also somebody that um, I have seen holes in his game. I have seen, I don't want to say a want to quit, but um, the ability to be made to quit, right? Uh, when he was fighting Howley and Paiva, I, I feel like we saw that happen. When he was fighting Victor Henry, I feel like we saw that happen. And that was obviously before he made it to the UFC. Now, that being said, across from him is a man in Howney Barcelos, who ironically has also lost to Victor Henry, but in the UFC, once Victor Henry stepped up on short notice to make it into the UFC. Uh, that was just a year ago, though. And then after that, he was uh, handed Trevin Jones, which he beat a unanimous decision over. And then they fed him to Umer Nurmagomedov. Um, come on. Like, his, his only three losses in the UFC are Victor Henry, Timur Valiev, who we've seen whoop ass this season in Ultimate Fighter. Uh, and that's something we'll get into as well, obviously. But uh, also, like, come on, folks. Umer Nurmagomedov? Like, that's, that doesn't even Yikes. count. <laughs> yeah. Why'd you, why'd you um, do that? Like, before that, he had a win over Kurt Hollibaugh. We also have seen whoop ass and tough this season. Chris uh, Gutierrez, who's a beast. Carlos Huachin, who's a beast. Saeed Nurmagomedov, who's a beast. That's why. That's why. And Khalid Taha. Like, that's, that's why. why they fed him to Umer Nurmagomedov, right? Because he, he had five Saeed? wins in a row in the UFC. Yeah, he beat Saeed. And he did a unanimous decision. So, like, he's, he's a beast. And I don't understand why he's being slept on this weekend coming in against Kyler Kyler Matrix Phillips. Um, I, I just think Kyler hasn't fought nearly the same level of opposition. I get that he has a win over Song Yedong, um, but I, I don't know that he gets that same kind of win over Howney Barcelos. I think Howney comes out there and probably utilizes his superior grappling, um, possibly even comes in and gets a submission. He does have two to his name already. He might even get a knockout on him. I don't know. This is an interesting one, and this one has a very uh, similar narrative and feeling to the co-main event here. And if you kind of think about it, it makes sense. But uh, someone like a Kyler Phillips coming in with a lot of hype, who you've seen flashes of, of having a lot of potential, 28 years old, 10-2 uh, record, but really just has not been that active, right? I mean, since, since I mean, 2021 fought a couple times. 2022, he fought once, has that win in February. We're now rolling through August of 2023. 
I don't love seeing fighters take long breaks. I get things come up, injuries, what have you. Again, he's only 20 years old. Maybe that's okay. Although, this is the time you want to be the busiest. Maybe you slow down as you get older. Uh, but someone like a Rahoni, uh, Barcelos in Brazilian, 36 years old. He's been active. Yeah, he has some losses, but he has been able to sniff a victory out as well. Uh, been able to get a couple decision or extend to a couple decisions, even though he lost one of those. Uh, but he did beat a tough, uh, talented Trevin Jones. Um, and then, yeah, obviously, Umar and Magomedov. I mean, come on. Let's let's cut the guy some slack here. Can't, can't beat everybody. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think this will be a competitive fight. I think it will be close. The odds probably should be closer. Uh, I just, I'm always going to take the younger guy, even though it scares me. The ring rust or, you know, Kyler being out of there, not as active as a Barcelos. But then again, at that age and being that active, I might come back to haunt him as well. Absolutely. I, I could definitely see that happening. Um, Turtle in the chat says, very close fight. I'm going to be on the over 2.5 for Kyler versus Howney. This card is going to be a weird one to bet, but I see quite a few fights that go the distance. That's actually not a bad take. Um, if you guys want to follow some solid bets, definitely follow this guy's bets. He knows his shit. Um, yeah. And, and over, I'm not against over that. Seem I think appealing. A lot of them, yeah, I, I think overs definitely seem appealing on this one. There's a lot of weird fights as far as betting, which is why I said earlier, I, I don't necessarily know that Vegas got this one right on all accounts. Um, but we'll see. I feel like I have some pretty fun bets later on in the show to go over here. Um, that being said, this next fight is probably the fight that I am most excited about across the entire card. Uh, that fight being Billy Quarantillo coming in against Damon Jackson. Another one that I'm not necessarily sure Vegas has correct, folks. Um, currently, they have plus 145 odds for Damon Jackson. I think Damon Jackson actually might be the guy to bet here. I'm a big fan of Billy Q. I think he's a very exciting fighter to watch. Love his fight style. Love the way that he always brings it and constantly moves forward, even to a detriment. Um being said, Nano, uh, how do you see this one going? I'll let you take the lead on this one. I appreciate it, brother. Yeah, Billy Q, a fan favorite. The dude is an absolute, you know I'm going to say, an absolute dog. Uh, this guy loves violence, man. And frankly, uh, he's mentioned literally in the press conferences here. He knows what's at stake for both of these fighters at this stage in their career. Both 34 years old. Uh, he's coming off a tough loss to Edson Barboza. Hey, he, obviously, you know, you, you don't want to see any lo- lose losses, but that's a great lesson learned for him. Um, Billy Q is definitely trying to step that top 15, but can he get through a very tough, very sneaky specialist here, submission specialist and artiste, you can call him, and Damon Action Jackson here, man. Um, it'll be a statement one way or another. Uh, I do think, like you mentioned, B- Billy's uh, forward pressure. That's one of my notes. Um, his ability to finish fighters, even if it gets to the ground, you know, he has good offense. He has good uh, aggression and, and you know, good ground and pound. I think he's sneaky. And, and you've seen him um, in, in compromised positions. You've seen Billy Q fight many different types of fights and come out victorious, man. He, he's a he's someone that you just you want to root for that you might feel is down and out. Um, but again, man, Damon Jackson, I mean, he's fought some of the who's who's here in the division. Just in the last three years, he has six wins. And just two losses to one being a Dan Ige and then our boy Ilya Tapuria, two savages in the division. Um, and hey, Damon has 22 wins, 15 submissions. Again, the dude's an artist when it goes to the ground. Um, but hey, five of those losses, four of them are KOs. 
I think I know how Billy Q's going to get it done. If it's going to happen, he's probably going to put his lights out. But Damon Axon Jackson, man, he gets a limb, he gets an arm, he gets a, a grab of that that neck, and it's it's a nighty night. <laughs> what are your thoughts, brother? I, I definitely think that's a solid analysis, Nano, for sure. I'm um, going to jump in the chat real quick. The Blackado said Billy Quesadilla versus Jackson is interesting. Jackson has looked better in his last five, but tends to come in flat. Uh, Billy Quesadilla, fan favorite among the restaurant fans. <laughs> <laughs> um, all fans i mean who doesn't like billy yeah. quesadillas quesadillas billy quesadilla uh is is definitely a fan favorite i always accidentally call him billy quarantino um just because like he made his debut during covid <laughs> right, that's fair i think that was uh, I feel synonymous like, like, billy the quarantine quarantino um would have been, been a fun would have been a fun play uh but here we are so what is my take on the fight as you stated uh billy quarantino definitely has a Fan favorite style always comes forward, always brings the action. Um, that being said, he's coming in against a man whose nickname is, quite frankly, Action. Um, Damon Action Jackson, I feel like, should probably change his nickname to The Leech um, because That's he good. is a leech. He just <laughs> he gets on latches you. onto you, and it's disgusting the way that he's able to wrap himself around you. Myself being somebody that is definitely a predominant striker, uh, in real life, outside of breaking down fights, um, I know jujitsu. I know how to watch jujitsu and tell you what you need to do. But in that situation, I suck. Uh, so seeing a man that is so masterful as Damon Jackson, it's, it's quite awe-inspiring. And the way that he has situational and positional awareness of all of his limbs in these situations, it's incredible to see. Uh, the way that he was able to go out there and put away Kamuela Kirk with the arm triangle, beautiful. The way that he was able to get that guillotine on Mirsad Bektik, beautiful. Uh, the rear naked choke in just the first two and a, two, less than two and a half minutes over Mauro Chalet, beautiful in LFA. Um, him getting knocked out by Ilya Teporia, not quite beautiful, obviously, but hey, it's Ilya Teporia, guys. And I think Ilya knew he had to knock him out quick because as the Black Auto said in the chat, Billy Quesadilla, or not Billy Quesadilla, um, Damon Action Jackson comes in a little bit flat. He is a slow starter, notably. Um, but as the fight goes on, he's going to pick up. If Billy isn't able to knock him out very quickly in the fight, I do think that this favors Damon Action Jackson. That being said, from the very start of the fight, I think Billy Cortillo is going to have to keep his distance um, and truly just utilize the striking that he possesses. He does have the edge in the striking, in my opinion, but it's not going to be an easy night at the office for him, right? And that being said, he has a one-inch reach deficit against Damon Jackson, so it's not going to be necessarily the easiest thing to get in. Damon also likes to fight very long when he fights. Um, I think this is a recipe for disaster for Billy Cortillo. I think Damon Jackson is a solid person to bet, and um, I think it'll be a really fun fight either way. This is my sleeper pick for fight of the night, if I'm being honest with you. Ooh, it should be. I mean, Billy Q's not never in a boring fight. And uh, if we see a fun submission at any point here, that's going to make it fun for for me and you, even though we're more of a striker uh, fan ourselves here in our personal lives. But um, mm, yeah, I'd love to see it, man. I'm excited. Honestly, this is definitely the prelim uh, main uh, fight, I would say. Main event for the prelims for me or for us. Absolutely. Um see what the black auto said here i think a fast start benefits billy but he has to pick his shots and avoid rushing into the guard i think if he rushes in with his shots he's going to end up getting like flying triangle or flying arm barred I, I i wouldn't i don't i wouldn't put it past damon jackson to pull a flying like guard pull 
uh, right into a submission take. I definitely don't think that's a crazy take. Uh, we've seen crazy no. things happen. Uh, yeah. Moving on up the fight card, folks. That's it for the prelims. We are already into the main card. Yeah. Ignacio Bahamondes versus Ludovic Klein. This is a pick as far as I'm concerned. Um, both of these guys are very, very skilled. Um, one coming off of a win, one coming off of a draw. Very big reach or height difference here. Um, the reach is a lot closer than the height. Like you got 6'3 coming in against 5'7. It's going to look like a dwarf against a, a very tall man. Uh, but the reach is only a three inch difference here. We got 75 and a half inches coming in against 72 and a half. So, I mean, it's it's obviously a pick them here. If I had to put money on it, though, I would say probably Ignacio Bahamondes gets it done. I think he's just a very lanky and problematic fighter for Ludovic Klein to deal with. Um, but Ludovic is a very game fighter, so not a, not a terrible pick. No, brother. Honestly, this is a fun fight. Um, fun one to kick off the main card here. One of the notes I had for our, our boy Ignacio Bahamondes, like you mentioned, uh, being the taller fighter at 6'1 here. Uh, dude, his knockout against our uh, the ultimate fighter uh, contestant, Roosevelt uh, Roberts. My gosh, what a knockout. <laughs> That was all Nasty. I needed to see to Nasty. say, okay, this guy won me over. Okay. So a familiar face, a name you might've heard on the show as of recent, or if you're watching the ultimate fighter, he beat Roosevelt, Roosevelt, Roosevelt Roberts back in 2021, spinning a uh, head kick to the face. Uh, it was vicious. Look it had face. bad intentions on it. Uh, and I really caught my eyes and, and really goes to show the type of fighter that this kid is at 25 years young. Um, the strike and pedigree speaks for itself. And, and, he, and he feels like he's a, a fighter that uh, he doesn't just throw. You know, you, you might feel a lot of boxers will jab, jab, or throw the feints. He'll just strike and uh, aim and strike, I guess you could say. Uh, yeah, I'm running with Ignacio. Uh, <laughs> like Otto just said in the chat, I'm running with the guy from Nacho Libre. Ignacio. That's facts. Ignacio. Yeah, I mean, that's wow, the guy that's you want to roll with. Thanks, man. Um, I mean, he, he averages uh, double the amount of significant strikes than his opponent, Ludovic Klein. Uh, but Mr. Highlight, I mean, hey, eight wins uh, via submission, eight wins via K, uh, knockout. Uh, the dude can get it done as well. So this has a fun fight written all over it. Absolutely. You're absolutely right. Um, in this next one, we've got Tanner the Bulldozer Bozer coming in against Alexa Kamor. I'll be completely honest. I really was hopeful for Tanner Bozer to make his um, light heavyweight debut. And then we saw him make his light heavyweight debut. And I was a lot less excited about his light heavyweight debut. Um, I mean, he basically just got TKO'd into oblivion in two and a half or two minutes and five seconds for that matter by Ion Kudalaba or Iwan Kudalaba. Um, I, I just don't know how he does at light heavyweight now. That being said, they're giving him a favorable opponent, someone that's coming in on a two-fight skid himself. He has two back-to-back -back decision losses against William Knight and Nicolau Nugameriano. Um, that, I mean, that being said, I'm not betting on this fight. I don't think it's a safe bet for either side. It's very volatile, in my opinion. Uh, currently, they have the Bulldozer as the minus-190 favorite. If I had to pick a bet, I would probably bet him just because I think he's able to land a couple successful takedowns and suffocate his opponent in Alexa Kamor. But uh, interested to hear your thoughts on this. I mean, again, I know you were pretty hype on the Bulldozer's debut at light heavyweight as well. But. 
Yeah, I mean, excited to see him. I mean, unfortunately, Tanner the Bulldozer Bozer. I mean, great name. But um, unfortunately, if uh, C's get degrees, we're a UFC fighter. I think that'd be him. Yeah, 20 and 10. He's about as uh, middle of the road as you can get. <laughs> um, and, and that's really how his last you know five, six fights have gone. It's, you know, loss, loss, win, loss, loss. I'm doing MMA math. I think it's going to be a win. <laughs> but truly here, it's a victim. I mean, hard to uh, analyze this, especially when I, I truly have not seen a lot of Alexa Kimmerer. Um, I mean, you know, watching some of his tape and, and other leagues, it, it's just hard to get a read on him. Uh, but the kid looks violent, even though almost looks like a, a, a Twitch gamer of some sort or someone you'd maybe, you know, catch in the Fortnite stream. Um, but again, I think Tanner Bowser, hopefully this is an opportunity for him to get back in the win column. He is a little bit on the 32 years old, a little bit older than his opponent. Uh, but again, I think the takedowns and his ability to mix it up well is going to be his path to victory here. Probably be a decision win by our boy Bulldozer. Bowser. Yeah, I think Bulldozer gets it done, folks. Uh, moving into the next one. I mean... All you 90s kids, stand up. It's time for our boy. Where are you? Diego <laughs> so Lopez. Sorry. <laughs> um, honestly, Diego Lopez looks a, a lot like the dude from Blake 182. I can't. I mean, it. it is striking. He it's wild. <laughs> it's wild. Uh, and he's coming in against Gavin Tucker, um, who just has so many tattoos. He looks like if a, if a kid went crazy on creative fighter mode on EA UFC 4. Um, oh yes <laughs> i mean that, that being said he's folks, maxed out the tattoos <laughs> um i'm looking for him under those tattoos like where are you um <laughs> his tattoo guy's like i'm so sorry <laughs> <laughs> i cannot sleep tonight <laughs> <laughs> they're probably really good tattoos we shouldn't say uh, that, that no no <laughs> actually like i mean the, the artwork is actually not bad they're just like there's so many of them. It's hard to There's focus so on much. any one. There's um, so much. That being said, the man is 13 and two coming off of a loss. However, his opponent, Diego Lopez, Mr. Where are you? <laughs> is coming off of a loss as well. But that loss was a short notice loss. It was his UFC debut. I mean, before then, the, the, the only way that we had known him or seen him was standing in the corner of Amanda Grasso as she won the UFC title. Um, and he literally stepped in on short notice, not only to, to fight a killer, but to fight a killer that nobody wants to fight. A guy who is 17 and 0, uh, who has wins over Hakeem Dawadu, Nick Lentz, Mike Grundy, and fucking Dan 50K Ige, folks. Uh, he came in and fought Mr. Movzar Evluev on short notice. It was like four days. Okay, so come on. Where are you? He's busy stepping <laughs> up uh, for fights on short notice. That's where the fuck he is. He's busy training his ass off, ready for that call, man. And he got it, and he stepped up, man. He's busy staying ready so he don't have to get ready, as Uriah Faber oh. made famous in my eyes. Um, I love that. That being my said, favorite. guys, he's a stud, okay? He somehow cuts all the way down to 146. He's 5'11". What a beast. Um, so he's taller than me and weighs like 45 pounds less than me. What? Yeah. Like, um, <laughs> even more respect. Uh, yeah, and he has, a, he has like a, what, let's see here. 72.5 inch reach coming in against 66 inches, folks. I think this has, has it's just a recipe for disaster for Gavin Tucker. I'm gonna go ahead and just throw my my feather in the cap and say Diego Lopez via submission. He gets his first win in the UFC, makes it look very impressive. Um, and probably stays humble afterwards, doesn't do a call out, saves that for the next win. I love that. I love that. 
Yeah, I mean, it, this is a fun fight. I mean, this is a guy in Diego Lopez, the man that won over the hearts of uh, all UFC fighters and fans with this heroic, heroic short notice performance there against Movzar Evlov, like you mentioned. Uh, everyone thought he was going to just frankly get dog walked, but that was not the case at all. Um, he proved to have all the skills in the world and the heart to back it up, which is probably why we're seeing him get another good opportunity here. Um, the dude has really good hands, good accuracy. Uh, and he is going to have a five and a half inch reach on um, our boy Gavin Tucker here. He is nine years younger as well. Uh, Blacado did mention a really good point. Um, also here to mention Gavin has not fought in a long time, which is a bit concerning. However, if we if we want to play a little devil's advocate, I mean, man, so those last fights were a win against Billy Corn. Uh, T.O. I mean, uh, Billy Quarantillo <laughs> uh, during the quarantine. Are you, are you talking about Billy Quesadilla again? <laughs> Billy Quesadilla during the quarantine. Quarantillo. Uh, he did beat Billy Q. And uh, he did lose to Dan Ige in 2021. So that was the last time we saw Gavin Tucker. He did get dropped really quick. Um, but with Dan Ige, I mean, 50K Ige, that's what he does. Um, so, hey, I mean. Sorry, this- I don't mean to cut in. I have to interject, though, and point out the elephant in the room here. If you go back just a little bit further, you'll see that he lost to Ricky Glenn as well, who has a sneaky, uh, similar fight style, Ooh. in my opinion, to what I've seen from Diego Lopez. Um, suffocating well, wrestling and grappling. Uh, yeah, long, rud- long rudimentary six meat foot and potato fighter. style, uh, like lanky striking. Yeah, I just think, um, I think unless he's gotten leaps and bounds better, Governor Gavin Tucker is uh, going to have a hell of a night, man. Yeah, and I'd agree. I'd agree. At the end of the day, I, I'm rooting for my boy Diego. I mean, he, he won me over, but it's one of those things as well that his trajectory is getting going up. He's getting better. He is the younger fighter. And if you're more than seven years younger, I, I tend to lean that direction. I think statistically speaking, you're going to find, and maybe one of us uh, tech nerds that are in here or computer whizzes can crunch some numbers, but I believe it'll always show during the fights like, if Drew, it's more than Drew, seven if you're years, in here, you said you wanted to be the Jamie. If you could, if you could get on that, <laughs> yeah, Jamie, Drewski, Drewski, uh, Drew, Drewski, can you pull that up? <laughs> uh, but I'm pretty sure it's something along those lines. Like it's like sixty or seventy percent more likely to win. Um, and and I'm again, I'm going to take the rising star here in Diego Lopez versus the fallen moon in Gavin Tucker. Ooh, the rising star versus the fallen moon. Folks, he's a poet and you didn't even know it. He waited about 50 fucking episodes to show it. Let's go. It's the Motley in me. I got this this rock t-shirt in me. I'm ready to rock and roll, baby. He's flexing a different kind of muscle tonight, folks. (laughs) The brain muscles. Um, I like to break a mental sweat, too. (laughs) Coming in against the next fight here, we got Dustin the Hanyak Jacoby. Coming in against Kenny uh, Kennedy, the African Savage in Chuck Wu. This is a solid fight, man. I think this is going to be a more exciting one than folks may be giving it credit for. How do you see this one playing out, Nano? Thanks for giving me the floor, brother. Yeah, this is a fun one. Um, it's a sleeper. Definitely a sleeper. Not household names. You might have seen or heard of Dustin Jacoby around. Uh, Kennedy in, in Chuck Wu. Um, a familiar name. Not a familiar face, per se. I was like, ah, where have I seen him before? But when you throw on the tape and you watch him fight it, it's like seeing a silhouette. I'm like, okay, I recognize this guy. It's it's interesting. But um, Kennedy, man, he, he's a fun prospect that has slowly been putting all his skills together. Uh, impressive KO wins over guys like a Carlos Ulberg, a tough fighter out of that Australian camp with Izzy Adesanya. Adesanya. Um, he's beaten Carl Robertson. And he's beaten our guy, Ion Kutalaba, who seems to have fought in everybody. 
Um, and along with that, he's also gotten a guillotine choke over uh, a Devin Clark. A lot of these guys are all household names in the division. Kenny's 31 years young and a staggering 6'5 with the 83-inch reach. That's going to be 7 inches on uh, his boy Dustin here. Uh, so I think, man, if he ends up learning how to use that size and range, uh, be a smart fighter, um, I, I think he has a bright future in the UFC, man. I mean, he's got all the tools. A little bit of a brawler. You're not going to look at him and say, man, this guy's really a technician here. It's going to be maybe a little sloppy at times. Uh, but not to take away from anything, because I do think he does everything really well. Like, really good striker, really good takedown defense. Um, everything's just pretty darn good. Uh, but Justin Jacoby, man, he is the favorite here at 35 years old. Um, a strong kickboxing fighter, but again, a couple losses as of recent. Um, and before that, he did have a, a four or five win streak. So, you know, he, maybe he can get back on track here. Uh, but the fact that, you know, he's an 18 and seven uh, record, I'm just going to lean to maybe the younger, more durable guy uh, in a Kennedy. Um, I'm not even going to try it again, but I'm leaning Kennedy here. In Chuck Wu. In Chuck Wu. In Chuck Wu. He's um, some kung fu. Before I before I go ahead and throw my pick in the bag here, um, I'm going to go ahead and just give you this word from our sponsors. That being said, folks, um, I'm going to go with the dog here. Uh, and the dog is Dustin Dhanyak Jagobi, who, guys, I mean, he he had 10 wins in glory kickboxing, eight knockouts. Uh, as, as Hato said in the chat, this should be a striker's delight. I think whoever has the power in cardio has the advantage and wins this fight. Folks, Dustin Jacoby has cardio for days, in my humble opinion. Uh, he's seen a lot more decisions than his opponent in the African Savage. Also, the African Savage has shown weakness when somebody is able to constantly move forward. We saw it happen against uh, Dawoon Jung, and we also saw it happen against Nikolai Negamarianu. Um, we also saw it happen against Paul Krieg. So, I mean, Our we boy. can realistically see it happen against Dustin Jacoby. Dustin Jacoby only has two losses in the UFC, folks. And those two losses are to Azamat Mirzakhanov and Khalil Roundtree. Both of those guys are no freaking joke. You already know who the hell Khalil Roundtree is. And the other guy, his nickname is literally The Professional. Want to know why? Because he's fucking undefeated. He's 13-0, and he's made it look easy against everybody he's gone out and fight. He has a round three flying knee KO over, over uh, Tafan and Chukwui. Uh, He has a TKO in round three over Devin Clark. And then he has a decision win over Dustin Jacoby. Why? Because he couldn't put that guy out. It's the first guy in the UFC couldn't put out. So I don't know that Kennedy is going to be able to put him out. And that being said, I've seen Kennedy get put out. I've seen him get put out by a young man named Dawoon Jung. Oh, by the way, Dawoon Jung has only lost four fights. And uh, he's only ever been knocked out one fucking time. Guess who knocked him out? Dustin Jacoby. Oh, there it is. MMA math. Sheesh. That's Let's that's go. called doing your homework, ladies and gents. I'm Sheesh. ready, baby. I'm ready. I'm ready. I did notes. I watched <laughs> tape and stuff. Did um, some things. So here's the thing. Here's the thing, guys. I think 
Dustin Jacoby is going to be just a stylistic nightmare for Kennedy and Chuck Wu. And I think he gets it done via knockout. Um, let's see what Turtle says in the chat here. Dustin is very good at using his range and keeping distance. Kennedy is very low volume. It doesn't fight with urgency. However, Kennedy's wrestling has been great lately. Very close fight. I do agree with you. I think that Kennedy's wrestling could be a differentiator, but I don't know that his fight IQ is going to be ready for this fight. And once he starts eating those big shots from a Dustin Jacoby, I, I could just see it end up being a, a bad situation. Uh, the Blackado said Dustin has four losses in his UFC career. If we go back to his first UFC run. Okay, that's fair. That's also a long fucking time ago. It's like a lifetime in fight years, Otto. People don't forget. People don't forget. <laughs> People don't forget. <laughs> Good analysis by Turtle though as well. I mean, that yeah, I, I think that's probably the best way to summarize this fight. Um, it's going to be a close one. Kennedy's be. wrestling's getting better. Can that neutralize Dustin's attack? And his vari his variety. I mean, the leg kicks, that kickboxing pedigree, it will show. And yeah, you could be a good boxer. You could you could learn all the tools. But when you're a kickboxing champion at that level, I mean, it's it's different. It's going to look a little different. It's tough. Yeah, it's definitely tough. Uh, and it, again, it should be a striker's delight. But to Turtle's note, like Kennedy has looked a lot better with his wrestling, but Dustin is a lot stronger in the clinch. Which oh, the Hado, Black Hado just said. Dustin gets the win in the clinch. Um, if they're clinching, like his Muay Thai clinch is really nice. He'll be able to slip elbows in there, cheeky little uppercuts, and knees to the body are going to pay dividends across the distance for this fight. I think, um, honestly, yeah, I, I, I just truly think that Dustin gets it done. I think the odds makers may have gotten this one wrong, and we might be able to capitalize on that, folks. Um, moving into the next fight, we have the co-main event of the evening. Uh, Jessica Andrade coming in against Tatiana Suarez. I'm sorry, folks. Tatiana's back. It's the co-main event of the evening. You got to get some pizzazz, some excitement in there for it because I am fucking Shout. stoked Let's to go. see Tatiana come back. Um, I'll let you take the lead on this one, Nano. I I'm very curious to hear your take. Hell yeah. Let's go. Co-main event. Uh, and interestingly enough, one of the bigger betting differentials you're going to see here on the card and hey, man, like you just mentioned on that last one, I think the Vegas odd, odd makers might be a little wrong here. I don't know if they got their cards, all their cards right. Uh, but hey, Tatiana Suarez, uh, one year older than Jessica Andrade, which is interesting to think of. So we just really haven't seen a lot of Tatiana. Um, and and thinking about that, you know, all the, the time she's had away from the octagon, is that going to show up in this fight? Um, you know, She's going up against one of the most active female fighters here on the roster. One of my personal favorites, Jessica Andrade. Um, Jessica, again, you know, at 31 years old, with 35 fights to her name, uh, 24 and 11 record, decent. You know, she's she's had some bumps, uh, but since 2019, uh, Jessica has beat Thug Rose. She's lost to Weili Zhang, lost to Thug Rose, beat Chukagian, loses to Valentina Shevchenko. Okay, tough. But then from there, goes on a three-fight win streak, demolishes Lauren Murphy, might have set even a record, I think, for the most strikes landed in a woman's fight. Um, unfortunately, 2023 has not treated her well um, that nicely at all, frankly. Uh, she lost to a surging Aaron Blanchfield uh, and then got dropped by a badass Yan Zionan. So, you know, all those names that I just listed, I mean, it's Hall of Famers, it's a murderer's row, and it's a busy list. And all in that same time, 
Tatiana Suarez has a decision win against Nina Nunez and a guillotine submission within six minutes of a fight against Montana De La Rosa. And that's it. <laughs> that's it. So I, I just I need to see a little bit more from Tatiana in order for me to to you know ride with her and to bet so heavily against Andrade. I mean, man, I would need to see her do something a little bit more against an elite level fighter. And and let's be honest, I mean, Jessica Andrade is an absolute tank. I mean, maybe you can make a case that hey, the chin's depleted. Hey, she's maybe been a little too active. She just got dropped pretty recently. Was not pretty. Um, and, and, you know, Hey, Suarez has a 10 and 0 record. She does have some really strong wrestling and her grand game is probably some of the best in the division. I mean, the homegirl average is six takedowns per fight. So that can really be bad news bears for Jessica, but I do think Jessica can surprise her with her strength, with her skills, and hopefully she can display some of that defensive prowess. Not to mention, I mean, if, you know, they started up standing up and if Tatiana decides to try to trade and strike with Jessica Andras. Her beans going to be picking her off the canvas pretty quickly. Um, so ultimately, I, I think this is just weighted a bit too far. I think um, you're getting that risk risk baked into the price um, with Jessica Andrade. You know, obviously Tatiana looked good. You're just thinking she'll probably run right through her. Jessica is coming off some losses. But man, I just I like the more active dog here. I like Jessica. I just it's hard for me to bet against her. And I just haven't seen enough from Tatiana yet. But that's my two cents, brother. What do you got for me? How wrong am I? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a solid assessment, Nano. Um, be honest with you, Live Jive. The Black Hato says here, the fight is interesting, or this fight is interesting because Jessica has such a unique skill set and power for her size. The wrestling of Tatiana is what odds makers are looking at and the fact she looked dominant in all of her outings. But I think this betting line is bait and you should stay away. Um... Hato, I, I'm not against you, and, and I 100% agree with you. I do think that this betting line is bait. I do think that there's venom in this betting line, so to speak. Um, because if you look all the way back to, you know, e- even just the the long losses, like back in 2012, right? Like Jessica Andrade got beat by Jennifer Maya, who's not a, an especially powerful fighter, uh, who just has decent clinch work and pretty solid grappling. She lost to Liz Carmouche. After getting TKO'd via punches and elbows. Again, this is all the way back in 2013 uh, in her UFC debut. And Liz Carmouche, somebody that actually has very good strength, solid wrestling. You go up again to her next loss, submission, triangle choke in the first round to Marion Renault, who is somebody with a little bit better grappling. Uh, so what you're seeing here is a pattern of people that are either Raquel Pennington, rear naked choke, round two, four minutes and 58 seconds in, um, back in 2015. So again, what you're seeing is a pattern of people that have a strong wrestling pedigree that are able to weaken her power set, skill set, break her down over time, and then get the sub or the TKO on top. I think Tatiana Suarez, her wrestling, as Blackado said, are exactly what the odds makers are looking at. Um, and though she hasn't been super active, right? As you said, she came back from literally having cancer and also has a knee injury, I believe, that she's been nursing for quite some time. And it's like once one injury heals another one starts up. Um, So she's overcome a lot of adversity to even step foot in the cage. And the fact that she's back, I think she's back in a big way. And that being said, like even in her layoff, it's not like she's been completely laying off her, her boyfriend or fiance, whatever they are at this point, uh, the power couple of MMA, as most are calling them, patchy mix is a Bellator champion, 
with Bellator probably being liquidated, that guy's probably going to be a fucking UFC champion and a household name in the next couple of years. He's a damn skilled fighter. And that's who she's getting a lot of rounds in with when she's not at the gym getting rounds in with people that she's paying to get rounds in with. Um, so it's not like she's slouching or slacking when she's having these two years layoffs. She's she's healing, recovering, but she's also still sharpening that sword. And when she is healthy, like in 2018, she had two fights, right? She fought in May. She fought again in September and not against nobodies. She beat Alexa Grasso via submission in 2018. And then she went right after that in September 2018 and beat Carla Esparza via knockout. So I just think that Tatiana is a beast, right? Like as Turtle said, let's see here. Don't overthink this one. This is Tatiana's title contender fight. Suarez will be too big and too strong. She will dominate with the grappling. Take the juice and parlay it with Corey. Thank you. That's exactly my point. It's she a mic drop statement a Vegas, right there. She's a Vegas <laughs> favorite for a reason. She's going to be too big. She's going to be too strong. And like she's been training with her guy, right? As well as all the people she trains with that she probably just dominates in and out of the gym. Um, I, I think a healthy Tatiana Suarez is a dangerous Tatiana Suarez and is a Tatiana Suarez that we can truly see fight for and win the belt. She already has a win over the person that's currently holding it. That's true. And I think Tatiana is saying she's trying to go for her third win over a previous champion would be uh, if she wins over Jessica. Impressive. I, 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 do you think, like, how do you feel about her stand-up game? I think that was just my one area where I just felt if she tries to stand and bang with Jessica, it could get ugly. Well, I mean, she knocked out Carla Esparza, and I can't tell you a whole lot of other people that have done that other than Yoani and Chechik. That's true. I think it was a few years ago, but I mean, obviously, that town hasn't fought in a couple of years, so that's as recent as she's been. But it's a good point. Yeah, I mean, other than that, like she's beat, she has a TKO win over Arline Coban, who is somebody that you've probably never heard of. That was back in Gladiator Challenge California State Championship Series. Oh, geez, um, here we go. Who didn't watch that? Uh, but you know, <laughs> Do you know, you know, I, I agree with Turtle here in the chat. Like, let's not overthink this one. I think Tatiana comes out and gets it done, but juicy dog odds on, uh, on Jessica Bate Estaca Andraj. But I'm going with my girl, Tatiana Suarez. Big fan. Nice. I think it's a good one. She's a dog. Jumping into the main event of the evening, folks, we got Corey the Sandman Sanhagen coming in against Rob Font, sixteen and four, coming in against twenty and six. Uh, what that tells me is that we're fight, we're, we're going to watch a main event between two guys that know their way around the freaking octagon. Let's uh, go. Two men that have seen wins, losses, good, bad, and ugly, and everything in between. And I think it's going to be a hell of a fight. I think it's going to be a nice back and forth. Um, I'm intrigued to see how this one goes. To be completely honest, this is one that I am very excited about. Uh, obviously the original matchup that we were supposed to get was supposed to be uh, Corey Sanhagen against Umer Nurmagomedov. If we were talking about that, I would have been heavily in favor of Umer. That being said, this is very much modern day MMA versus back in the day, uh, just meat and potato style MMA. And, and what I mean by that is modern day MMA and Corey, the Sandman Sanhagen, he's got crazy unorthodox footwork. He's somewhere between Dominic Cruz and TJ Dillashaw, in my opinion. Very, very weird, very unorthodox. Leads with his head on and off the center line. Um, super crazy style to adapt to and fight. That being said, he's fighting someone that has the epitome of a meat and potato style of fighting in Rob Font. He's somebody that just fights like a classic New York boxer. He's standing, he's ready to fucking go, he's in the pocket. And he's somebody that honestly is, is a very, very fun fighter to watch. 
right? He's down to brawl. He's also down to be technical. And if you're very technical, he will out brawl you. If you're a brawler, he will out technique you and he will do this all day. Um, that being said, the odds on this one are definitely in favor of Corey Sanhagen by minus 340. Rob Font at plus 270. I don't think it's that clean cut going into this one. Nano, what are your thoughts? Ooh, interesting. Yeah, I mean, hey, it's it's going to be tough, right? I mean, for someone like Corey and Rob, two veterans that have been in the in the division for a long time, um, it it's never it's never that easy when you're at this level, right? I definitely got to acknowledge that. I think I saw are they fighting at a catch weight, or did I maybe misread the UFC.com? Is that are they fighting Is this at, a catch at a catch weight? No. If I look, it does say catch weight. So I don't know. I wish I knew where they're going to be weighing in at. Obviously, TBD, but... Interesting. I don't know why. I thought this was just taking place at their respective weight class. Yeah, unless Rob said, hey, I need a couple pounds. I don't know. Where is that official weight at? I don't know how much that matters. It's not like... Okay, so 140, according to Turtle here. Thank you, brother. Catch weight 140. Thanks, Placado. Okay, interesting. okay. Interesting. So I that was a concern I had was where is that weight going to be? Who does that favor more? I mean, again, I mean, it's not like Rob's necessarily a huge guy, so maybe that favors Corey a little bit, but they are fine out of catch weight. Um, and, and and shout out Rob for stepping up to the plate here. And and I think Rob knows what's at stake for him. At this stage in his career, a lot of momentum after picking up that impressive knockout victory over my boy, Adrian Yanez. Uh, felt like the old bull had to humble the young Cav on that one. Uh, but at the, oh, dude, it was such a great performance. Great fight for as long as it lasted. But no, Rob came and let the world know, hey, I'm still here. I'm still that guy. I still, I still, I earned this number next to my name. Um, and, and at 36 years old, man, Rob has mastered the art of the jab. He is an artiste when it comes to the jab. Uh, the way he moves, like you said, in and out of the pocket, just head just far enough off the center line, has that tight high guard, and what seems to have huge, like just like behemoth hands for some reason. Uh, with a lightning quick jab, man, again, it seems to find its home more often than not. And that's obviously going to be his best pack. The victory is is establishing that jab, disrupt Corey's footwork and timing, and hopefully hurt him uh, before, you know, that death by a thousand cuts, man, like we've seen and talked about before. Because um, he will have that one and a half inch reach. So the jab's going to have to, uh, a good chance to do damage, a good chance to land. But if we're being honest here, man, Corey, I mean, it's like trying to fight like Professor X or something. This guy's mental game is next level. I mean, the dude is in there playing chess with you. It's like a, he's like a grandmaster. Um, his footwork. I mean, he, he's never standing still. He's in the pocket. He's out. He's right in range. He's right outside of it. He switched. I think I just said he switched the stances, um, but just really hard to track down, you know, and I think his movements, his feints when he's like flicking little shots and then he actually hits you. It feels like uh his timing, it's like it, it, times are perfectly when you least expect it. It's like watching, it's like that scary movie, and you're waiting for the pop up scene to, to happen. You, you know it's there, but you just, oh, you're on the edge of your seat. And that's how Corey keeps his fighters, man. It's stressful, um, but it's, you know, it's death by a thousand cuts, death by suspense, and just death by a high fight IQ. I mean, the guy's just got it. Like you said, he's a new school fighter, 31 years old. I just think he has everything cut out for him. It's his fight to lose. Uh, I think he'll have an answer for the boxing. And I think him knowing that maybe Rob's not going to really pose too many threats elsewhere, he's going to be able to flow a little bit better, you know, stay outside of that range. Um, I don't know how you deal with the jab because that's like the best strike to have in your arsenal. So I'm curious to hear your breakdown, brother. 
Honestly, I agree with everything you said. Uh, there's there's not much more than I can add to that. I think Rob Font, you, you summed it up perfectly. The jab is going to be the best weapon in his arsenal. Keeping Corey Sanhagen at bay throughout that fight is going to be just detrimental to him. What's crazy is Corey Sanhagen actually is the taller fighter in this. Uh, he's the taller man. Um, depending on where you look, Sherdog says he's 5'11". Google says he's 5'9". Um, either way, Rob Font's shorter so than him on both of those foot. websites. Yeah, he's yeah. closer to 6 foot, 5'11 yeah. for sure. He's closer to 6 foot. Uh, Rob Font is 5'8", um, 5'7", if you look on Google. But Rob Font actually has the longer reach here, folks. He has a 1.5-inch reach advantage on Corey Sanhagen, and that being paired with a very dominant and strong jab is just wild, man. Um, and, and like Hado had a crazy stat here that Rob Font has more main events than pay-per-view fights, which is wild. He has been on less pay-per-view cards than he's had main events. Uh, also, if Rob loses, he'll have the same amount of main event losses as pay-per-view fights. That is wild. Um, very wild stat. As you said as well, though, Corey is a very cerebral fighter. He's a very thought-provoking fighter, and he's a very flow-state style fighter, right? Like, he's very uh, able to, during the fight, make quick adaptions and, and keep you guessing as a result. That being said, having a jab that's as strong as Rob Fonts is, is going to prove to be a very big problem. Um, I'll probably be taking the favorite on this one uh, in more of my bets than not, but I, I don't think that it's necessarily one that I'm not going to be sweating throughout. It's going to be a very close fight. Um, that being said, do have a little bet versus bet. Uh, I'll go ahead and let Nano lead us out here. So uh, let's go, man. Go ahead and pull that go. up on the screen for you. Here we go, baby. Here we go. We are back in action. We got a couple lines we, we got here. And I'm sorry, Turtle. Close your eyes. Cover your ears. Because I did. I went for the bait, okay? I am a, I am a, a simple-minded human here. My monkey brain inside just could not, could not... Avoid those odds. They were so juicy. Your boy is maybe betting a little desperate here because I know I need to get back in the positive. But what better dog to go in the fight with? What better person to give my last dollar to than Jessica Andrade? Someone who's got it all. She's got all she's got all the tools you need. And hey, I do like Tatiana. More like Tatiana out there. Okay. I'm not buying in the hype. Okay. I need to see a little bit more from that girl before I buy into the hype. Okay. So I'm gonna chase the money on this one. That might be a unit just thrown out the door, but that's okay because we got a good pick here to the right. That feels like the layup. We're going to start with my boy, Billy Q. Okay, he's going to avoid the Anaconda, the serpentine moves that Damon Axe and Jackson's going to put in there on him. He's going to he's gonna attack the uh, serpent at the head. He's going to bite the, uh, he's going to take the bull by the horns and he's going to get a W here. Okay, I'm hoping he puts him out maybe in the first round, second, no later. Uh, it's not sipping a third. Billy Q's going to get it done. He knows what's at stake. He knows he wants a name or excuse me, a, a number by his name. And this is how he's going to try to get it here. So give me some Billy Q all day. Next, Diego Lopez, my boy. Come on. I mean, what more do I need to say? I mean, tonight will be the night that I will fall for you over again. Don't make me change my mind, Diego. You got this, bro. I think he's got it. Honestly, he's a younger fighter. He's talented. He's uh, He has all the makings. He already had his coming out party, but I think this is it, man. I think he's going to come out with another show in here. Maybe he's going to submit him. I think he's going to get a submission win. Don't know when, but it's going to happen. 
And last but certainly not least, welcome to Off the Never Neverland. This is Corey Sandhagen, man. This is Sandman, baby. You know the vibes. A little Metallica for you. What do I need to say? I mean, Corey is just, honestly, if Aljamain Sterling was not around, well, and his partner as well there in, um, in the same camp, but uh, Mirab I'm talking about. But no, I mean, if, if Aljo wasn't around, Corey would be champion. That's what I'm trying to say here. The guy has all the talent, all the tools. He's a stud, and he's someone I'm going to ride with on this one. So what, what more do I need to say? Give me some Corey. Sanhagen. What's happening? That's what I got. Two unis to win seven. I'm trying to uh, get back in the winner column here. And this is how we're going to do it, baby. Let's go. You love to hear it, baby. You love to hear it. Jumping right into my picks. You know we like to divide and conquer over here. You know the vibes. We got one that's uh, two weeks in the making, folks. We are up uh, quite a bit of units, about 160 units off of last week's big win on Terrence Crawford getting over 1.5 knockdowns and winning the fight via finish. Um, with that being said, you know I had to throw a little bit uh, in there and double down. I like to double dip in that ice cream mix, baby. We got Terrence Crawford by KO, TKO, slash DQ. That's already hit. All right, now we're just waiting for Nate Diaz, money line to hit. That's going to be a solid win. And uh, other than that, we got a couple of parlays coming in for you folks. It's all parlays all day here. Three-pick parlay for the UFC fights. We got the dog fights. We got Howney Barcelos. Plus 164, dog. Coming in against Kyler Phillips. I see holes in Kyler Phillips' game, and I know how many Barcelos does too. He's going to out-wrestle him, and that's how he's going to see that path to victory come to fruition. Cody Durden coming in against Jake Hadley. I've watched the line move more in favor of Jake Hadley and more in favor of me, in my opinion, folks, because Cody Durden, he's kind of like Tyler Durden. You know what I'm saying? He's here to fight. This is a fight club, and he's going to get it done. I think Cody Durden goes out there and gets it done everywhere the fight goes. He showed vast improvements in his wrestling game and a willingness to grapple with his opponents in his last fight. And I think this is going to be no different. Where I think this one might blow apart is going to be Jessica Andrade. Uh, might have to might have to hit up Nano and have him remove her from this one halfway through the fucking card and just take our winnings. But uh, we'll, we'll see how the nerves are feeling going through. Either way, moving into the next one, guys, we got Jake Hadley. Uh, you know, we got to double down here just in case Cody doesn't get it done. Maybe Jake does. And if he does, you know, the next thing on the list is going to be Ellen. Where are you to cash my parlay? Diego Lopez coming in long, coming in strong with the reach advantage, with the grappling advantage. I think he gets it done via sub, folks, but we took a money line just to be safe. You never know. Maybe he gets excited, lands some ground and pound, hits him with the Donkey Kong approved hammer fists. And gets it done. I don't know. Maybe he does. Maybe not. We'll see. Corey Sanhagen is a live dog in this fight, folks. Uh, he's actually not a dog. He's a favorite. But you know what? He's a dog I got in my corner. I think he gets it done here this weekend. Uh, I, I just think that he has the better skill set. Um, if he's able to avoid the jab early, I think he's able to bust up Rob Font, make him wear the damage on his face, and possibly get a doctor stoppage in this one. And last but not least, we got another doghouse pick for you. Oh day, oh day, oh day, oh day, oh day, oh day. I think O'Day Osborne's gonna come out there. I think he's gonna put it on. Asu Almabev. Sorry if you went to ASU. You're probably rooting for the guy that's got the same name as your alma mater. But fuck it. I think O'Day Osborne gets it done this week, folks. Ode is the stronger fighter. I think he's more experienced in the UFC. And honestly, I think he's fought better opposition. 
He's got a better skill set. Everywhere this fight goes, I think Vegas got it wrong and Ode gets it done. Damon, the leech, a.k.a. Action Jackson, coming in against Billy Q. This is a fun fight. This is a fan favorite fight. I think it's probably going to be fight of the night. But you know I had to throw just a little bit more on these dogs, folks. And we got to see how this goes because I think Damon Jackson's going to wrap his body around Billy Q. I think he's going to just make him struggle, make him suffer, drag him into the deep end. And that's why altogether we've got nine units to win 87.2, folks. Betting big, possibly losing big, possibly winning big. We will see. And that sums it up, guys. We got nine units to win 87.2. We got two to win seven. Uh, obviously, a little bit safer bets on Nano's side. Not mad at it. I'm playing with house money, and that's okay. Nano's probably going to end up being house money uh, favorites next week, though. And, you know, that's when he'll go big. Yep. Uh, right now, I'm just tapping it in, just tapping it in. But hey, man, you're coming off a great week. You got you went huge on the on the big wins there, and it ain't nothing new, you know. We were just we were just due for that one. That's all it was. We were just a little off, you know, just like an actual golf game. Just a little, little uh, tweaks you got to make there, and uh, yeah, exciting stuff there. And um, I actually did place a bet as well. I don't have it on there, but when I was trying to place the initial Terrence Crawford Nate Diaz, I forgot I just did win. So basically, I just have Crawford to win, and then I just need Nate to win straight up. So we're halfway there. We're Let's halfway go. there. He went, I mean, you know, he got the knockout and everything else worked out, you know, great there. But I would put the initial bet, probably a little too much uh, medicine, you know, too much veggies. And I was like, oh, man, okay, that's not the right one. <laughs> I was like, but I'll take it. <laughs> that, that's the so. same. I think that's the same bet that I have is just I just had Crawford to or no Crawford to win by knockout. So you have knockout, Crawford so. just money line. Dude. That's so it's solid. a little bit, it's a little bit, it's more of a layup, you know. Again, I'm just tapping it in. Let's but brother, go, baby. Still, hey, you, that's house you, money if Nate gets it done. You know the vibes. I'm rolling with it. Let's go. Let's go, dude. And uh, obviously, before we wrap up the episode, gonna do a quick recap on Tough 31, episode 10. We had Brad Katona officially switching sides to Team McGregor, getting it in, and then going in there against Teamer Valiev. Um, curious to hear your thoughts on that fight, Nano. Did you uh did you agree with the judges' scorecards? I wish I wish I rewatched it again, but I'm gonna, I know I did not agree with it. Honestly, when I was watching it, I thought Tamor did more damage. I mean, did significant damage. I had him winning two time. out of three rounds. Yeah, I mean, it's it, easy. Yeah, I, I don't know. I wish they could have scored this, uh, showed the scorecards, so we could have got an idea of like, okay, how do they score it? Because that first, I mean, fun fight, like you said, fun episode. It felt emotional at first um, with Brad and his family and, and the switch over and everything. And then you go over to who, you know, Tamura, who felt like the most happy Dagestani person I've ever seen. This guy smiles more than all the Nurmagomedovs combined. I'm like, what the heck is going on with this guy? I love it. just a chipper, happy guy, you know, million dollar smile. But man, when he gets in the octagon, dude's an absolute, absolute savage. Animal. Like Islam said, he's a professional, man, and it makes sense. I mean, his movement, it's textbook, his shots were fiercely sharp, and he was putting damage on Brad. I mean, he cut him early. He was chipping away at the leg. He was ripping the body. He was getting the um, takedowns, ground control. I think Brad had maybe a couple reversals, maybe some moments in those rounds, but 
I'd be curious to hear how you scored it as well. But yeah, it just felt like that was not the right call there. Maybe they're throwing Connor a bone in that one. Uh, but I mean, a really fun back and forth fight. By far the most competitive one we see on this season. Maybe up there with like top five that we see on that show. I mean, in a long time that I can remember. That was a really fun fight. What are your thoughts? I mean, yeah, like there's there's multiple Reddit threads saying the same exact thing I'm about to say. I still just don't understand how the judges came to that conclusion. I had it in favor of Team Revaliev. Honestly, if I'm being generous, I had it 2-3. If I'm being honest, on rewatch, I actually had it 3-0. I thought that he did more damage. He sliced open Brad Katona's head in the very first round. Um, had better output, had better control time. I mean, obviously, Katona is a, a better, like, more polished striker, so when he strikes, it looks prettier. But that being said, he didn't really do anything that was outstanding as far as damage landing. And uh, as a result, I, I just I don't understand how they could have given that fight to Brad Katona. But uh, here we are. I think the right move to do as far as the UFC would be to bring back both guys to the UFC because they've both proven themselves to be UFC caliber across this season. Um, they were both my picks to, like, win the season for their weight class. But obviously, I think Brad Katona is going to be the guy to do it now in his. Uh, we'll see how it turns out. Yeah, man. I mean, he earned himself. He stamped his uh, ticket to the live finale. I, when is that? Do we know? Is that booked? They haven't booked it yet. No, um, uh, I think it's going to end up being the UFC Boston card. Okay. Well, that'd be a fun one. Which which is like right around the corner, right? It's UFC 292. Yeah. Um, they don't really have a ton of star-studded fights for it, in my opinion. Like right now... The fight card has Aljamain Sterling versus Sean O'Malley, Wiley Zhang versus Amanda Lemos, Jeff Neal versus Ian Gary, uh, and those are probably the best fights. After that, obviously, you have uh, Marlon Chito Vera versus Pedro Munoz. I think they might end up moving that fight, if I'm being honest. Cody Garbrandt versus Mario Bautista. Ah. And then the prelims only show two fights. So they show Chris Wyman versus Brad Tavares and Gregory Robocop mm. Rodriguez against Dennis Tayulin. Those are um, fun fights already, but... Those are absolutely fun fights, but... I mean, it's interesting. Yeah, they're still building it out. Three so that, early prelims and two prelims on a fight card that's set to go live on August 19th. It just seems right around the corner. You got to think these guys are already training and ready to go. Um, I don't know. It makes sense for me. Maybe they're just not announcing it yet. Maybe they already knew kind of thing. That's what I think. I think they're literally as soon as we see the final episode of Tough, they're going to announce it. And then we're going to be like, oh, cool. There, There's all the fights. Uh, it would be like, because I mean, maybe they bring a couple of them on or something. Maybe it's... Yeah. I mean, if I not know. that, then maybe they do that for, for the September 9th card for UFC 293, which is very um, unflattering right now. Right. Like no headliners at all. Um, well, because now I'm thinking about it, it'd be two different fights because it's two different weight classes. So at a minimum, that's two prelim fights, which can definitely help. It, or at least yeah. that's that makes it four, which okay, that fills up the card, which again, I think you have your prelim headliners weeks. be that's, that. That's two weeks, three weeks. I mean, that, that doesn't weeks. sound... I mean... To not be full, that feels a little fishy. Maybe it's like, okay, that's probably the two fights or something. And maybe that's, they're going to kind of pump that up. Like, everyone watch. It's Boston. Like, it's I think what will happen Square. is they'll announce those two. And then they'll mm-hmm. also announce at the same time that they've added two other fights of between fighters that were on, like, the runner-ups. Huh, there we go. So, like, if uh, like if Kurt Hollibaugh loses his fight, for example, they'll have him on the card for Boston against somebody else that lost their fight. Yeah, yeah, I like that. That's, that sounds good. I mean, hey, that, that makes sense. I mean, it's going to be a fun episode, too. I'm excited to break it down next week, Absolutely. but it's uh, um, two dogs going in there. And, um, yeah, man, shoot. I 
I guess TBD there, but exciting. Yeah, it'll be a really, really fun one, man. Um, that, so that being said, before we wrap up, got to address the elephant in the room here. I have a work trip coming up next week, so I'm actually going to be out of town Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Um, I should be back Thursday evening, so possibly be down to to break down the upcoming fights uh, then. But we won't be doing our usual Monday episode. Uh, we will have to skip that, unfortunately, because I will... I'll be on an airplane going to San Francisco. Nice. Uh, That's so yeah, beautiful man. city. Should, should be should a good be time. Fun. Yeah, love it. I, I've definitely been there quite a few times. Um, the work gig should be a good time. Uh, last time we did some karaoke, did some hey. master chef thing, cooked for my boss's boss. Um, nice. he, he said, man, that's fire. Uh, and he chose the dish that my team cooked. I went rogue, added a little bit of, uh, you know, cayenne pepper to the dish, which it didn't call for. <sighs> But I mean, who doesn't like some cayenne? Come on now. I mean, he, he, he literally said that it was the spice that, that made it for him. So let's go. Shout out. He knows what's right. Um, He's like, he, he knows what the fuck's up. So <laughs> yeah, guys, we appreciate you all guys, girls, fight fans of all shapes and sizes. As always, we appreciate you for spending another night with us or another, at least hour and a half with us. Just chatting it up about these fights. Um, please let us know your picks. We always love to hear your picks. Thank you for participating in the chat. Like Hato, as always, Turtle, you're the fucking man. Love it when you come through. Um, and yeah, anybody else who watched, if you were silent in the chat, we appreciate you too. We appreciate you for spending the time with us. Absolutely. And, uh, dude, and if you're watching this later one? on, what's up, Luna? If you're watching this, Luna's saying, please like, please subscribe. Please check us out as she sniffs the mic here. That's but, right. Uh, that's absolutely. Right. Thank you all for showing up. Lakado, Turtle, everyone else. Appreciate y'all. Mary, I see you. Yeah, as always, like she as said, always. Uh, try not to get robbed. I mean, really, what she should say is uh, don't hurt anybody out there because they, they don't know what's coming. They don't know what storm they just walked into now. Well, she's saying <laughs> that because uh, Song Yedong got robbed at gunpoint oh, last night. Oh, great segue. Yeah, like that's hilarious. Yeah, it is um, yeah, very crazy. I mean, he, he literally not said hilarious. He was, that's he was crazy. Not hilarious. Yeah, Poor choice of words. Yeah, yeah, he was drunk. He was driving home and uh, or not driving home drunk. He was drunk. His friend was driving him home. And uh, he asked if they could stop and get something to drink. He said they literally passed three gas stations before they decided on one that was most well lit. Walked inside, a couple guys with hoods on, uh, put a gun up to him, took his money, and uh, he said they already had a blacked out license plate ready to go. So it was it was planned. They were it was just a waiting on the professional. Victim. Yeah, Ugh. wrong place at the wrong time, unfortunately. So I and, uh, won't be going into gas stations by myself, uh, and uh, I, will, I will be staying very, very safe. I'll probably just uh, go to whatever they have for the work events, uh, go back to the hotel, do some client calls, possibly hit the gym at the hotel, and then call it a night before I head back. <laughs> this should be pretty safe. Pretty safe areas. A and B, that sounds pretty good. <laughs> you know All me. I'm, I'm, a very, I'm a very A and B kind of guy. So uh, that being said, Fight Fans, as Nano and Luna said, if you're new here, if you're returning... Either in between, make sure you like, comment, subscribe, smash that bell for notifications. And uh, we won't see you Monday because we won't freaking be here, but we will probably see you Thursday, assuming I'm not too tired and or hungover from the work trip. And until then, can't wait to see you on the next episode, Fight Fans. See you then. (laughs) 